part of something greater and even something that's eternal. And that's the kingdom of God. That is what we're part of, that is what we represent, and that's what we advance in the world. It's God's domain. It's where he is ruling in perfect power. We are a kingdom of all generations. But think about heaven. We sang about it earlier. It's going to be a thousand generations. That's going to be a family get-together. And we're all going to get together at the same point in the same place. You know, you might have been born in, you know, 2000 BC. You might have been born in 1280. You'll all get to the same point in time. And you'll have the same prayer. You'll have the same cry. It won't be a prayer anymore. It'll be a cry of worship to God. And that's what we're part of going into eternity. But I remember we often think about kind of what's gone behind us in the past. But also we need to think about what's ahead of us in the future as well. And I remember Susan was praying about the church merge. We were all praying about the church merge for a time. And I remember Susan, if I'm correct, the word that you had was, what about the next generation? God was reminding Susan that we need to remember what's gone behind in terms of our heritage and our past, but also thinking about what's in the future as well. And God, God's equally interested in both. As I was thinking about this whole idea of generations and the kingdom of God, I happened to come across this scripture in 100, Psalm 145. I'm going to read it to you now, and, uh, and then we'll kind of be unpacking this and how it really applies to us in our daily lives. Psalm 145. I will extol you my God and King, and I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you, praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another, and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty, and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. They, the saints, shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness, and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in love. The Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. Shall we say amen to that? Amen. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his works and kind in all his words. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his words. I want to ask you questions. We think about generations, the generations that are behind and the generations that are ahead of us. Uh, who was it that led you to Jesus? If, if you're at that point where you walk with Jesus. Yeah, I was speaking with someone this morning and how someone in our church led someone in the other church to the Lord. Isn't that amazing? And all of us can think of maybe the mother, the father, the grandparent that walked with God and showed us what it meant. And oftentimes I, I see it that it's in the family that God commends the faith, the kingdom from one generation to another. That's how we set things up. He wants us to have godly children. He wants the, the faith to go forth throughout generations. Often it's within the family 
but also within the family of God, the church as well. So it's not either or, it's both and. I think about Timothy in the Bible, who was a pastor in the early church, and it was his grandmother, and then his mother, then him, that knew the Lord. Also Dave Campbell, who many of you will know here, he oversees us in this region. How he came to faith was actually through his family members, but the first generation in his family that really believed and really took hold of God was his grandmother, who was alive in the 1920s. She was in a meeting, and George Jeffries was there. From, he, was the, he was the founder of the Elim movement and saw a movement of hundreds of people, uh, thousands really, come to faith in the Lord, not only in this country but beyond. And the nation went through a revival in the early part of the 20th century. Different movements of churches came out of that, such as ours. But in the 1920s, there was this small church, a small gathering, and George Jeffries was there and said, someone will be healed tonight. And there was a lady in a wheelchair George Jeffries came off the stage, held her hand, pulled her hand, and as she stood on the floor, she was healed. And that is what led his grandmother to love the Lord. But here's the thing. They became a family of believers, and to this day, people like Dave Campbell, his children are serving Jesus as well. So, as it says in the scripture, one generation shall commend your works to one another. So we need to talk about the works of God. You know, all of you... I've seen God do things in your life, but if you don't open your mouth to tell the next generation, how will they ever know? If you don't write that book, how are they ever going to know? I wonder what stories you'll pass on. I wonder what experiences that you'll pass on. Because we're not here for long, are we? Any one of us. Especially in the light of eternity. And David prophesied in this psalm. It was David, King David, who wrote this psalm. He said, they shall declare your mighty acts. They will pour forth speech. They will tell of your power. They will speak of your kingdoms. There's a lot of speaking, a lot of talking, isn't there, involved in what we do as believers. That we, we open our mouth. There's something about our mouth, our words, that give life to others. Life and death are the power of the tongue. So we need to open our mouths and speak life. Speak what God has done. And it says here, we're to make known to the children of man, it's an old term of saying, people. Let people know what God has done. Because how will they know unless you tell them? Amen? How will they know God's mighty deeds unless you tell them? Not only unbelievers, but people in the church as well. I think about my church that I became a believer in. I was 16 years old, had a powerful encounter with God at the age of 16. Was an atheist only one year before. But spent the, the year leading up to that time reading the Bible. And I was part of an Elam church. Looks a lot like this one, actually. And, uh, and some of the most influential people in that church were, God bless them, the oldies who loved Jesus. There's a man called Harold. He really loved God. And I'd sometimes spend time with him. We'd go out and we'd talk to people on the street. And he'd cast demons out of people on the street. And I'd see that. It was absolutely incredible how closely he walked with Jesus. Another man in our church called Graham Picking, every week he'd always have a story, he'd always have uh, something that happened in history, something that happened to him that he would share. He would always tell me stories. And those stories have gone in my soul. And those stories have shaped how I see God. There's many people in this, this room that walk with Jesus for 40 years, 50 years, 60 years. And there's so much depth 
in there. There's so much life in there in your soul. And others need that. Others need that so much. We read in the scripture here that the Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in love. The character of God, the Lord is good to all. You know, we're so diverse, aren't we? Even, in, even within this room, but right throughout history, people have loved God, but they've been so diverse and so different to each other. But what unites them, what unites us, is our experience of God, in that he's a good God, in that he's a faithful God, he's the saviour. Jesus died on the cross and his salvation has come to me. His resurrection power has come to me. The power of his Holy Spirit has come to me. And I walk in that. But then I read people back in times such as St. Patrick and other saints. And they couldn't be more different. The context of their world was so different. And yet they knew the Holy Spirit. They knew God and they walked with him. Amen. And there's so much weight, especially when you read biographies and stories and what's happened in the past. God has been at work in every generation, and every generation has told their story. I've got a part of a church in Cambridge for many years, and we saw a real outpouring of the Holy Spirit there. We saw many miracles happen in that place. I remember one Sunday afternoon after the service, we were praying for a guy. His legs were so crooked, um, he, he, he kind of, he was in like a U-shape, his legs. It was, it was just kind of like that, you know? And God literally straightened and grew his legs to normal. And you could see them growing. In fact, his, his trouser legs actually looked, his trouser looked short by the end of it. It was so supernatural. And he walked straight out of that place. And from that point on, I thought, you know what, I need to stop doubting. I need to stop, you know, kind of wondering what if and so on. And I just went for it. I just even started speaking to people about the miraculous power of God wherever, you know, in the shops, in in on the bus, wherever it was. And then I'd offer to pray for people as well. And I'd often see God heal them. And then walk away thinking, well, God is a healer. God is, God is amazing, you know. Whatever it is that they needed to know about God and who he is, his character, his nature, they experienced it through a miracle. Or at least they remember the story that I told. Because sometimes they don't want to listen to you talking about the Bible and this, that, and the other. But if you've got a good story to tell, that could be enough. Because your testimony is carrying something of God's power in it. And it's a work in there to remind them. And, and later on in life, they'll remember, you know what? There was someone who told me about something once about Jesus. And maybe they'll go search him. And that's because you've planted a seed in their mind, in their heart. So we are diverse we are different, but we all have different stories to tell. The powerful thing about telling your grandchildren, telling your children, that you've walked with God for a long time, that you've prayed for them, that you know deep in your soul who God is. And when the world has nothing else to offer them, because it doesn't really, you know, God's made an amazing world full of full of wonder, full of things to explore, and science, and all of those great things. However, only life is only found in Jesus, isn't it? The true life, the true peace. I always think of this, again, speaking of generations past, uh, a real saint in the church, Saint Augustine, said, our hearts are restless until we find our rest in you, Lord. I always think of that. I meet a lot of 
people. And you know what? There's a great sense of restlessness, great sense of what is it, where is it, where, what, what, what do I need because I've looked everywhere. And I've found it. It's the Lord. And I know by my own experience that my heart is restless until my heart finds its rest in Him. Because I can go off and get lost. So I don't know if anyone else is the same. But when I come back, I'm found. I'm found peace. And you can find it too. Not only that, but I know where I'm going. We talk, we've talked about eternity. we talked about that day when we'll stand beside the heroes of the faith. And cry with one voice, worthy is the Lamb. How great is our God. We'll come to a place where that is all there is, where that's all that matters. You know, I think we'll do more than sing in heaven, right? It won't just be one long worship service, but in another way it will be, because our whole life will be worship. Our whole experience will be the life and the presence of God. But even now, we live in the tension of two worlds. And we're already part of that kingdom. We already represent that kingdom. And you could already walk in the presence and the power of God. You could already walk in this peace. You could already know this God. And though it's only by faith, for now, it will be fully rewarded in, in that day. And that is an amazing thing. And I look forward to that day. When I look at what's going on in the world, you know, I look forward to that day when I'll stand before him. And it will be a perfect experience of life. It will be, it will be, it will be more than life. It will, the colours will be brighter than you've ever seen. You know, it, it will be like unlike anything else. As when God's kingdom has finally come, we pray, God, may Your kingdom come, may Your will be done. But at that point, it will be, and that is all there will be. But we've got a choice to make: Do we enter that kingdom or not? Do we? inherit and choose that kingdom or not. And listen, Jesus is the king. And he is the one who is making all things new. He is the one who is bringing about a new world, a new heaven and a new earth. But we need to choose him. Many have rejected Jesus, but also many don't really know him. And they've often been misrepresented who he is, so that's why they rejected him. So we need to represent him well. And part of representing him well is being a generation that carries what God has done in your heart and presenting it to them so that they can know it as well. If they choose to reject it, if they choose not to accept it, that is ultimately their choice. But there's many of you watching online or maybe in this room and you're wondering, you know what, I'm really missing something. I know I am. And, you know, maybe if there's a God is he going to accept me because of all the things I've done? I want to tell you something. Jesus has already paid the price for the things you've done. He's, he's died on the cross to obliterate that sin. He's, he's died on the cross to take it away. It says in the Bible, as far as the east is from the west. That's a long way. And if you turn to Jesus, the Jesus not only died on the cross in your place, but also rose again on the third day. He, because he is alive, he is able to forgive you, he's able to impart his life and his grace to you, forgive you, and make you part of his kingdom eternally, starting now. And that is what he wants for you, that's his will for your life. You can reject it, but don't reject it, because you're rejecting life, and if you reject life, what do you get? Death. 
And that's what you have a choice today. Jesus says, I set before you life and death. Choose life that you may live. Choose life that you may live. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So you need to come to Jesus to come to the Father. You need to come to Jesus. And I urge you, if you've not made that decision, to do that or to at least to explore it further rather than dismiss it. But for those who've already made that decision, was it the best decision you ever made? Amen. Amen. When we think about Mother's Day, when we think about this day, it's often a sensitive time because we can often be made to think of our own mothers, maybe the fact that we've not had children, <coughs> not married, all the difficulties that come with that whole area. I just want to let you know that despite what you have been through and what your experience has been, I want you to know that God is still a father to you. I want you to know that you, male or female, man or woman, you can be a, a spiritual mother and a spiritual father to those around you. And that is not determined by your circumstances of what's or what's happened to you because of who God is in you. You have so much light. You know, parents are there to look after the children, aren't they? Listen, you as a believer, if you know him, part of what you're called to do is to look after the children of God. And you know, as we go through, I know it's a little bit different and the change with coming together and things, we do things a little bit differently, I get that. But always want you to remember as we go forward in this new journey, that everyone who loves Jesus around you is a child of God. Everyone who's not made that decision to follow Jesus yet, Jesus died for them. Everyone around you in this, in this area, Jesus died for them. And you've got such a story, you've got such a testimony, and you've got such an incredible thing to give away, to make known.